Welcome back to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. I really can't envision or see any closure of any schools in Ontario or colleges or universities. We must maintain them open going forward. All right, from his lips to God's ears, that is the kind of conversation I want to hear. That, of course, being Dr. Moore saying, no reason to close the schools again. Shouldn't have been closed before. So the good news, yes, the kids are going back to school. There are still some unknowns of how this worked, but at least we're moving in the right direction. Um, But here's what we know. Your kids, grade 1 to 12, go back full-time. Classes remain in cohorts. Masks must be worn inside. Extracurriculars, things like drama, music, sports, all back. Remote learning still on the table if you don't want to send your kids in, and school boards will have to have a plan for remote learning if lockdown measures are needed. But we didn't get details on vaccine rules or what it will take to shut down a school from from COVID issues. Uh, there's no details on sick days or quarantine measures, and um, and so I guess maybe we'll hear that in the coming days. But did they get this right? Let us ask. Dr. Martha Fulford is a pediatric infectious disease specialist at McMaster Children's Hospital and Hamilton's Health Services. Good to have you, doctor. Thank you for asking me. You have been fighting for this, I think, longer than almost anybody. Uh, did they get this right? Are there areas of concern for you? Well, I'm absolutely delighted that schools will be back full time. I can't uh, emphasize how important this was. I think we all know by now that it's not COVID that's harmed our children. It's all the collateral mm-hmm. damage. Things I really liked about this, this, and it's a vague plan, but I don't actually think that's a bad thing because, as we know, things change quickly. But they are acknowledging that there's a really important need to focus on things like mental health. Very important, the reintegration, reengagement of students and, and extra supports. And it's a plan that flat out says right at the beginning that it's something that will be uh updated and reevaluated as the situation evolves. So we start with everybody back at school. Interesting. I mean, this is the plan that British Columbia had September of 20 of last year of 2020, uh, though slightly stricter. So a year later, Ontario's we're a little bit behind the times maybe, but I'm, I'm going to take this and say kids are back at school. And I think as we see that the vaccines are working, that we're not going to have overwhelmed healthcare systems, then we can learn from our, our fellow, our neighboring provinces that obviously are loosening up much faster than we are, that things will be okay. I mean, the masking is going to be an issue for a lot of people. Um, know. You know, there are concerns over speech issues with younger kids. They're not developing speech as they should. Uh, you know, my concerns with masking for the, for the young ones, and I don't know where this stands for you, but... You know, my child hasn't had a cold in 15 months, which may be good news to some, but my concern is when he does get a cold, does he have the immunity system uh, to fight that? And so what are we setting our kids up if we continually sanitize and mask them from germs? Yeah, I mean, sometimes a uh, concept sometimes referred to as an immune deficit. Uh, we do need to coexist with pathogens, with, with infectious diseases, with our environment. It, it's you know, there's a balance here. You want people to be too sick, but you actually do. We do, in fact, want antibodies to common uh, illnesses. The question about the masks is, well, it's a very delicate question. And masks, of course, are a very emotional topic. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not sure that we have got really good evidence that they actually even work when on, on small children. 
we've been doing it uh, in Canada and in, in at least in parts of Canada. Uh, many jurisdictions didn't, uh, and I don't know that there's compelling evidence that young children require it. I'm going to say that I'd be I'm happy to going back, and I would hope very strongly that people look very closely at community transmission, and especially look at severe disease. And if these things are stable, at some point this needs to end. I mean, the whole point of the vaccination programs, everything we've done is so that we can move from this sort of pandemic restrictive phase to one where it's endemic and we're coexisting because COVID is not going away. This is yeah. something that will is here to stay. And the question is, you know, how do we move back to normal? And if you look at the vaccination rates in Ontario for the 50 plus age group, these are fully vaccinated. There's still some that, that are partially. We're very high. This is incredibly reassuring in terms of the fact that we simply are not going to see the same degree of, of severe disease. We're not going to see the same number of hospitalizations or deaths. It's never going to be zero. And this is another really important message. Zero is not feasible. It's having it controls a point that's manageable, as is true of other respiratory viruses every year. So eventually, our kids are going to have to be exposed to viruses. And, and yes, they are going to have to get the usual antibodies to them that, that we all grew up with. One of the conversations that we have not heard anything about is getting these kids caught up. They've missed, um, if you look and put it together, is about a year and a half of education. And nowhere in the conversation is there any talk of getting them caught up. It's just pushing them through. And I, I think it's fair to say they do not have, especially in the elementary levels, they don't have that foundation. They've missed such huge learning um, you know, gaps. But that's not being discussed. It doesn't even seem to be a concern. No, there's one one sentence that does talk about the you know the the well-being uh, that they need supports for early reading and math. I don't know how that's going to happen. But if one thing we've learned in the last year and a half is how unbelievably important education in our schools are, and if we become complacent, and there has to be huge investment into that, our children. This is lifelong harm if we don't actually uh, do a lot of worry. Honestly, worry a little bit less about COVID now that adults are, are, are protected and think a lot more about how we can fix harm to children. No, yeah. It's not from COVID. Yeah, you're cutting out a little bit. And, and um, right. the bottom line is, I think it's a little bit too little, too late uh, to have that conversation now. That's something that should have been in the works, I think, for months at this point. And I, so, would, I would I, love yeah. to see a plan uh, for, for how we're going to exactly do the catch-up, how we're going to reintegrate, how we're going to find the children who've been lost to our school system. Yeah. This, is, this is so important. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Fulford, appreciate your time and, um, and your efforts throughout, and hopefully they are now paying off, so I appreciate your time. Oh, I sure hope so. Thank you very much. That is Dr. Martha Fulford, who's a pediatric infectious disease specialist at Mac in, uh, in Hamilton. And so, yeah, that conversation's not being had, and um, it's terrible. Stay with us here. Alex Pearson on point. This is Global News Radio.